Hello lads and ladies, welcome, welcome. This week's episode of the Football Pundit Imposter Podcast with your hosts, JP and Ron. Back in the net, lads. Now then, you lot, settle in, grab a warm drink, maybe a, an alcoholic drink, because you're about to witness probably the most depressing 45 minutes to an hour of football conversation you've ever witnessed in your life. As uh, myself and my good friend JP sulk our way through game week 21 of, uh, of this year's Premier League season, you are very welcome, uh, but I apologise in advance because I am in a foul mood. On account of how awful Man United are. How are you feeling, Mr. Pickup? Well, you've depressed me even more just with that intro. Um, I, I didn't think I could be feeling any more down until till that. Um, it's not been a great weekend, really, has it? Um, no. No, well, let, let's just clarify. If you Not for us. If you're a Man United or a Burnley fan, it's certainly not been a very good weekend. But there's been, uh, there's been some quality football on display. And some big results for, for for a couple of the teams in the league that we'll uh, that we'll talk about. Uh, interesting big games, particularly um, on Saturday and Sunday uh, between uh, title contenders, top four contenders. So we'll get into all of that as well as talking about how it impacts the old fantasy football. Um, we're also going to have a little bit of a VAR is shit. I'm sure Mr. Pickup has got some stuff he wants to talk about there. Uh, maybe sure in, maybe in away days. And then I have got after you uh, hit me with that tricky. London uh, 11, uh, Premier League 11, night second 11 last week. I am going to up the stakes even more. And I'm going to hit you with what I believe is the most difficult one yet. And, uh, and I'll be very impressed if you can string an 11 together within the allotted time. Just kick him out when he's down. Absolutely, absolutely. I make you feel even worse by yourself. Uh, <laughs> right then. Uh, so should we just launch straight into it, buddy? Should we have a little chat about game week 21? Yeah, let's, let's try and lighten the mood a little bit with that. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> don't, Should don't just leave that in. Effects. Just you doing that, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the game week kicked off uh, strong with the two informed teams in the Premier League, uh, Arsenal and City. Uh, played out a bit of a barnstormer, to be honest. It was um, topsy-turvy. Uh, Arsenal looked like they were sitting pretty at one point, but uh, the red card changed the game. Uh, what did you reckon to it all, mate? Um, exactly that. You summed it up pretty well. Uh, the two informed teams. Um yeah, uh, I'm treading on the toes of VAR shit a little bit. I think Arsenal were a little bit unlucky. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a certain penalty that was a penalty all day, so we'll talk about that when we when we get there. But um, yep. yeah, it's one of those you can never switch off, I guess, against City, and they just carry on uh, picking up points even though they potentially weren't up at full tilt. Oh no, they absolutely weren't at full tilt. They uh, they didn't look at the scintillating best like they have in recent weeks, but that's to be expected. But come on, they were away to like we said, the second best team in the league at the moment, mm. and um, and they got the win. They they got a little bit of luck and uh, things went their way, but but they got the win and they churned it out and and that's that end off. And I, I think given. Uh, the way, not just not just the way the results went this weekend, because you know the league's not going to be decided in game week 21. But given the way that the teams around them have been playing and a little bit lacking in consistency, I think that was a big three points for City this week, and it it, yeah. it 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 does it does take them another step towards that title. Yeah, totally agree. 
and and if you are picking up points against teams that are your so-called rivals at the minute, then yeah, then, you know what what's stopping them now? Absolutely. Um, the old uh, fantasy football chatter on this one. Um, Bukayo Saka uh, managed to get himself a goal. Uh, he continues to be a, a steal. What's he up to? Is he in the sixes now, JP? He's got to be in the sixes, Andy. Now you took me by surprise with that one. I'm still on the the, uh, the old uh, results. Uh, Saka six point four. Six point four. Yeah. Um, no longer see, a differential see, though. Thirteen point eight percent owned. But total yeah. points for the season ninety three. So yeah. Yeah. Becoming a bit of a stalwart, isn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think I, I've just wild carded, considering the um, African Cup of Nations coming up and uh, and a couple of injuries that are in my team. So it's about because I think there's a, it's difficult, isn't it? Because Salah's gone for a while now, and I've gone down the route of redistribution of wealth, which is that very very expensive cost of Mo Salah making it work for you in other places, which you need to wildcard for. But then the question becomes, how do you get him back in? That, that's the, that is the worry, I guess. Um, whereas, personally, I've just taken a minus four um, to just, like you said, redistribute that wealth a little bit. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hopefully it'll pay off. And yeah. then I've still got the money to bring him back. And you've still got a wild card in your back pocket. Exactly that. Um, along with two free hits now, of course, because the second free hit went live uh, yeah. this game week to, to as a kind of a, a little Brucey bonus because of all the COVID stuff. So um, one to keep in your back pocket for when there's double game weeks. There was a double game week this week. This game week technically not over, JP. They snuck that one in, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought we were going into a midweek game week 22, but we, we're not. We've got uh, West Ham probably uh, uh, the one team that from a fantasy football perspective you'd have maybe wanted to load up on. But I don't think worth playing a free hit. But maybe it would have been worth working a, a Mikel Antonio or a Ben Rama or a Jared Bowen into that team, which, to be honest, floated right under the radar and I completely missed. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and I transferred Antonio out this week and uh, Did he scored and he's going to probably get a hat full against Norwich now. So, yeah, mm. it just kind of compounds my shit game week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so rounding out Saturday then. Uh, talking of West Ham, they managed to turn over Palace. I watched that one as well. That was a pretty good game, actually. Yeah, decent. Yeah. Um, West Ham looked comfy. Uh, certainly looked the better team. Uh, no, no disrespect intended, but I think uh, game games like that. Don't get me wrong. The, the, the surge from Crystal Palace at the end um, made it a little bit uncomfortable for them. But I think in reality, the, if you watch the first 83 minutes of that game before Edward scored and, and, and they started making it a bit uncomfortable. Um, it probably showed that Vieira and Palace are punching a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm yeah. not saying they've not had a great season, but when you when you put them up against the West Ham, where Moyes has for a few years now been building a style of play, um, an ethos, he's building a mentality in his players, and he's bringing in players and all that kind of thing. You can certainly see how far ahead West Ham are of Palace, and I, and I think probably even though they lost, I think the scoreline probably flattered Palace a little bit because for most of the game, West Ham looked head and shoulders above. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. They, they did have a few chances, though. Um, Fabianski made four saves, so they got a bonus for that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it, it was a bit of a ding-dong. It, it was a good game. And c- can we just take a moment to talk about Lanzini's first goal? I mean, oh, wow. incredible, wasn't it? The, the touch and the bang are absolutely beautiful. It, the, the, there's, a, there's a part of me as well that thinks it's probably not getting spoken about enough. Like, if Kevin yeah, Bruyne had scored that goal, or if Mo Salah had scored that goal, did Sky, Sport, Sky Sports Pundits would be wanking into a sock, wouldn't they? Totally agree. 
Yep. Um, uh, but brilliant. Uh, and and Lanzini is another one. He got he got two points. He got two goals. Sorry. Um, uh, this week he continues to 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 come up every now and then with got. He takes the pens as well, doesn't he? Um. Did he take a pen? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think he normally takes. He seems to be quite well. patchy though, doesn't he? For mm. fantasy football. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's eight million. <laughs> selected by 0.7%. So, yeah. Um, but not yeah, a lot, he's, not a lot of him. I mean, to be fair, if you, if you wanted to compare him against an Antonio or somebody like that, obviously he's got less points than him, but a similar sort of streak, if you will. So there's a big hole, then there's three or four, where there's twos, ones, threes, and then there are nine and a seven in there. So, yeah, he doesn't always play, I guess, either. Mm. Um, so you, you're always going to get. A streaky player like that, but for me, not not that many people got him, and he's probably sat on the bench at 5.8 million for some people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's just one of those that you you wish you had him just for that one week, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, and then I think that's probably fair to say of most West Ham players. I think people are putting them in because on 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 the day they're absolutely scintillating, and a Ben Rama or an Antonio or even a Bowen. I think we talked about him last week. Even someone like a Suchek looks. Oh my God, this is. Can you believe it costs that much and you can do that? But West yeah. Ham will go through phases where they're not winning or they're scraping and they're not really doing anything, you know, other than what they need to. And it doesn't really translate to fantasy footy, I guess. Yeah, fair. Um, and then the last game week was Tottenham. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Nick Finney. Just I'm going to bring you down in the same way that we feel like crap. Limping to a win against Watford away. Yeah, I'm. See, Nick did our job for us this week. He, he proper slated his own side on our little uh, little WhatsApp group. Um, let's let's be straight. Tottenham still have the majority of the game. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, Bashman or however you say that kept Watford in it for the majority, and he made some saves. It was just a really poor game between two bang average sides. In brutal yeah. honesty, and Tottenham yeah. were were lucky to come away with a win. Yeah, I thought I was being dead clever because they looked like they were entering a bit of a vein of form, Tottenham, didn't they? We talked about it last week. And I thought, oh, people might be putting Sun in, people might be putting Kane in. Yeah, I stupidly punted for Kane. Well, I. I live out of field there. Well, well I, I, I went differential. I went Lucas Mora. Did nothing. Yeah. Obviously. Um, but there you go. Don't, don't put Tottenham players in your team. Tottenham is shit. Um, but they should have had a penalty, though. They should have had a penalty. Uh, moving on to Sunday then, uh, Brentford, big win for Brentford. Let's start yeah, there. massive for them. Yeah. Big win. Turned it round as well, didn't they? Was it, they won nil down, weren't they? Villa scored first. They did, yeah. Um, but it, they didn't really create a great deal. No. I mean, they took the chances and they, they won the game ultimately. Um, but yeah, I, they're nowhere near out of the woods yet. I won't, won't say. People are already talking about um, sort of th- three out of four. I, I still think they've they've got a part to play in that. Yeah, but that was a big win. It was a big win for them. It, it was, and, and it was needed because they, they've had a they, they had a couple of um, of weeks broken for COVID for whatever reason, didn't they? Which I think disrupted them a little bit because if you look back, game week sixteen, they, they beat Watford two one, big relegation battle six pointer. Um, then they missed game week seventeen. They were first victims of the COVID stuff, wasn't it? When that came in, <laughs> game week eighteen, they didn't play. Game week 19, after two game weeks off, they got turned over by, by Brighton. Then they had to play City, which, you know, they only lost 1-0. They did well. 
and I think that there was just this any momentum they got from that that bounce from that six point of, at Watford it just completely dissipated and gone because of the COVID and because of the two losses and I think that this against the let's face it an inform Aston Villa team was a really big win for them and, and it and isn't and I agree with you I don't think they're out of the woods at all but um, there's worse teams than them in the Premier League at the moment. Totally agree with that. Um, the next sort of three are, are pretty difficult, though, so you can't really see them getting anything from Liverpool, Wolves, or City. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that that could then suck them down a little bit. But like you said, the teams around them are shit as well, so um, mm. they're not going to pick up any points looking at what yeah. they've got coming up. So yeah, I think I think your uh, your target point tally for this year is pretty low. I think if you if you're hitting thirty six, thirty eight at most. 36 yeah. I think you'll be fine um, uh, just because there's uh, yeah, I can't see where Norwich pick up points at all uh, same with Watford I think they're the two that are down um, I think, then I think it's kind of you've got Newcastle depending on how they who they buy how they buy what happens in January um, Burnley of course which I hate to say but then you've also got likes of Brentford no, it's, ultimately you know you, you've got to make your own luck in, in this world and mm-hmm. yeah I mean we can segue straight into Burnley if you want, because that's uh, on there anywhere. Um, we, we can. We can. Leeds finally, um, uh, finally giving Bielsa uh, a little bit of something to. Well, he doesn't even have a smile, yeah. does he? But to, to not be miserable about. I've been under in a strength, strength run of form. I mean, it, Burnley should have. You know, they, they should have been there for the taking. They were under strength. They were missing kind of the the, the spine of the team. Um, Phillips is out for. An extended period, Bamford, and then um, oh, what's the centre half? Cooper in the centre half. Yeah. So you know, missing three key players in there. Um, I, I listened to it all, and then obviously got the highlights because um, I was uh, trekking in the in the hills, getting ready for a similar ultra that I'm doing. And it sounded pretty even, but when you're making mistakes for the opening goal like Tarkovsky did, I mean, you just can't legislate for that. You can have the best game plan in the world, but when that happens, you you're up against it. Um, Kone did make a difference when he came on for 10 minutes. Um, good goal. We were in the ascendancy for the first... Yeah, yeah, really really good free kick. Um, we were in the ascendancy for 15, 20 minutes and, and we had the game by the throat from what the, the commentators were saying. Um, and then, yeah, switched off again uh, from a corner. Uh, and it was a great finish, don't get me wrong, from Dallas. But then uh, we were pushing to try and get something out of the game and then conceded on the break. But... Uh, yeah, if that first one doesn't go in, potentially it's a different game. But how many times can I sit here and say that? Um, you know, yeah. it's it's just it's not good enough at the minute. And we're just about to lose our talisman that's showing it, the only bit of quality in the squad. So yeah, I, I fear that we're doomed. Yes, and we'll we'll touch a little bit on the old uh, the old F combination impacts in just a moment. Um, but uh, but yeah, no no, you're right. It's 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 tough. Uh, fair play to those of you who. The 3.4% of you who have stuck with Stuart Dallas on the back of his uh, performances last season from a fantasy football perspective, having done absolutely nothing this year, he's finally had a 10-week, 10-point uh, game week. So, <laughs> well done for playing the long game. Um, yeah. So, so, moving on uh, from that, what games haven't we covered yet from Sunday? We'll come there was to another City. Shy, uh, a shy display from Everton um, with... Yeah, they're they're absolutely bobbins under Benitez, aren't they? I don't know what. I don't know where the. I don't know how he stops the rot there. Like that, they're just. Players coming back from injury, I guess. Calvert Lewin 
was back in the side, and that should, in the, in the you know moving forward, give him a bit more impetus. But he, these penalties were terrible, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, young Gordon well, scoring twice. If you're relying on on that, then yeah, he, he, he looks he looks a good he looks a good player, Anthony Gordon. He um, does. He does. He doesn't need to be thrown in at this point. You know, what I mean, this isn't where you would want to be blooding a young player. You want to be blooding him when you you're in a purple patch and you're doing well and. Um, you're scoring goals freely and, and the team's playing well and he can come in and come out and there's not going to be pressure on his shoulders. The worst thing you want to do is pile on now that, because he has been for, for a couple of games, he's been kind of a bright spark for them and um, watched quite a bit of Everton because obviously Sammy's a, 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 a blue nose and um, and, and he is, he's a, he's a good little player but I'm, I'm just a bit worried that there's not a lot else around him that's doing very well and is that going to put too much expectation and pressure on him? Yeah, that crowd expectation sort of mm. thing, yeah. I think Ricardo Lewin coming back that that may help to ease that, but uh, yes. but you're right, yeah. you're right. He's um he's the bright spark in what is a steaming pile of shit at the minute for them. Yeah, and I, and I think the thing for me is that when you look at that Everton bench, I know they have got players out, they've got players to come back, but it doesn't fill you with any kind of excitement. You know what I mean? It won't no. be is the worst thirty five million quid that's ever been spent. Um, <laughs> what they went out and bought Solomon Rondon, who was good ten years ago for a season. Um, you know what I mean? Under Benitez, by the way. Um, so that's that's why you got yeah. signed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then a lot of young lads, a lot of young lads. Um, what one thing is, um, uh, Gabarmin, uh, was back on the bench. Uh, they signed him. Was it last season? And he had a really bad injury. The Ivorian lad midfielder. Yeah. He, he was he, he was playing in France, wasn't he, before that? And he looked he looked handy, I believe. He, he came with a lot of fanfare, and then he, he got injured almost immediately. Um, and he he could be almost like a new sign in that midfield if if yeah, he gets okay. anything back to, to to what they expected him to be. But um, but yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of holes to pick in Everton. Sure but, it is, but, but I'm just looking at the bench now, and you know th- th- there are a couple of young lads in there, but you've still got Luca Dina, you still got Gomez, Andrew Gomez on your bench as well. And then I, I know what you just said about Rondon, but he still gets into probably the bottom eight sides. Um, so they have got a, they have got enough. Even with all these so-called injuries that, they, that they've got, um, I think the issue is the manager ultimately. Yeah. And I know yeah. he's not spent money, and and it's been publicised in the last couple of weeks the amount of money that the last three or four Everton managers have spent compared to Benitez. Um, so there's potentially an excuse sat there waiting, but uh, but yeah, he's he's not doing very well, is he? No, no. But just just a quick shout out for Brighton though. Um, again, a, a team, and we say this all the time. We always try and wax a bit lyrical about Brighton because they, mm. they slip under the radar, don't they? But they are having a very, very good season. Yeah, McAllister's uh, was it his first goal? That was a nice, tidy finish as well. Mm-hmm. Top point scorer in the game week, I think, from a fantasy football perspective, Alexis McAllister, the Scottish Argentinian. <laughs> yeah, solid. Um, again, a really ropey player, isn't he? He'll, he'll not do anything for. Mm. Weeks and then pop up and get a fifteen point. Oh yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't put him in your in your fantasy football team. And I think that that's the issue with Brighton. It's hard to see which players you'd put in there because they they do ship goals. So the defenders and the keeper aren't necessarily. But they didn't. Players. There were a point where the defenders were the, they, the go-to guys, weren't they? Yes. With, um, yeah, start of the season. And, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't. They've they've not kept it up. It, it's kind of that's fallen away a little bit, and it was when Sanchez was the go-to keeper, wasn't it? There's this real kind of like um, uh, way of, of of getting points for cheap money, but no, they don't anymore. And then, and then the goals, they're sporadic 
they, they, not sporadic. That that implies they don't score goals, which they do. I mean, more they're, they're dotted around, they're spread around a lot of the goals. Like you never know who's going to yeah. pop up with them. Um, so it's quite hard, I think, for for a team that's performing so well. Um, it's hard to because like they're ninth, they're ninth, and no one talks about them. Nobody talks yeah, about them. Under red, aren't they? But just going into McAllister, 15 points this game week, and it's two, three, one, zero, 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 exactly. zero, one, one. So you know that that's that proves the point. But but Duffy, uh, Shane Duffy's still pretty highly on, and so is Sanchez. So yeah, people are still kind of putting the hat on him. But I, I don't think they've had too many clean sheets recently, have they? No. No, I mean I'm I'm saying it from memory. I've not got the stats in front of me, but I think they shipped goals. They've been shipping goals. Um, they nailed Brentford, didn't they? Against Brentford, yeah. They nailed, they nailed Brentford. Um, so th- that takes us to um, the best 45 minutes of football this season. According to Gary Neville, yeah. Oh, it, it was, it was good. It was good. Although, do you know why I think it was so good? Um, Liverpool threatened to Liverpool them and you know what I mean yeah. when I say that like they can yeah, turn up on a on a given day and they will rip roll you and they will rip roll you to a point that it's just if you're not a Liverpool fan it's boring to watch it's like sometimes they're electric and they're fun to watch and they're exciting and sometimes they just they're almost like too good it's just like oh they scored again and they were doing that to Chelsea it was like it was almost like Teams just sort of bend over a little bit for them. But Chelsea rallied really, really well. And it made the game super exciting. Um, Chelsea that, did what Man United didn't do. Well, let's face it. What Man United are incapable <laughs> of doing. United don't have anywhere near the ability. They can't beat fucking Wolves at home. But we'll get onto that in a second. Um, but yeah, no. I, and I didn't mean that in like, oh, Liverpool are boring. I hate watching them. But you know what I mean, don't you? Sometimes it's just like, oh, here we yeah, go again. just too good. Yeah. Here we go again. Um, we talk about Chelsea's consistency. Liverpool, it's more... If, if, if you were to look at the the, the, um, the spectrum, Liverpool go will go higher than Chelsea, uh, than City on it, sorry, but they'll go so much lower as well, whereas City just have that high, consistent level. But the, yeah. the, the Liverpool, are, on their day, are probably the best team in the last 20 years of world football. Um, Controversial um, um, view, then. Should... Mane have seen red after however many seconds. I think and should yes. VAR have, have intervened on that. I, I I think it was a red, if I'm honest. But I can see why it was. In, in this day and age, I I believe it Correct. was as well. Correct. I I don't think that I, I'm not having the 30 seconds into the game excuse. You can bore off with that. It's a red's a red whenever it should be, and the ref shouldn't be influenced. I agree. Um, but I will, I, I do take on board the, 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 there was no, there wasn't a swinging motion with the elbow was that it was, it was more like a movement and it was the forearm more than the elbow. So I can kind of see that. I think that what would have happened with that is that there was the, what it wasn't clear enough, sort of the, the, the intent, if that makes sense from the, um, from the replays. So I think VAR just would have stuck with whatever the on-field decision was. So if he'd given a red, that it would have stayed a red. If he, he, he's not given a red, it stays not red. I don't think there was enough to show that it was wrong one way or the other, which I guess is the problem with fucking VAR, isn't it? That mm-hmm. it's still subjective. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what's defined as a clear and obvious error? And, and I take on board that, you, that it wasn't like a swing in motion, but you don't really need to swing your arm to forearm smash someone in the face, do you? No. 
true. For, for um, me, it was a red card. And that there is that point about it being it so early in the game that, oh, we'll let him off for the first one. It, it shouldn't be valid. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But And, and don't get me wrong, I know we'd spoken about how it was the a great 45 minutes of football. The second half was like, interesting. It was exciting. Yeah. But that first 45 minutes, particularly, I guess, from Salah scoring that second goal, which was delicious, by the way, absolutely yeah, sublime. Um, just what what I what I love about Salah is that you can tell that even like a great manager like Tuchel, who has clearly set his defenders up and he's clearly had them all week on that training ground and in that video room, show him outside, don't let him on his left, don't let him cut in, push him to the byline, you know everything that you need to do as a good manager yeah, that you can spot everything that you can do to stop him playing. <laughs> and he still goes and does that. And he still goes and beats your keeper at his near post. Absolutely incredible. Like, he, he's so good. He's just... And to be fair, we've we've been uh, dogging keepers for getting beat at the near post. In that instance, he, there's nothing he can do. It's just oh, sublime. No. Well, he wrapped it, didn't he? He wrapped it with his left. And it's yeah. like... It was almost way... like a, a wrapped dink, weren't it? It was beautiful. The, it was the way he, he opened his body. He just he tricked Mendy out of his boots. He opened his body like he was going for the far corner. And you almost see Mendy, like you can almost see slow motion going like, shit, he's done me. As the ball just kind of like goes back past the other side of his head. Brilliant goal. Brilliant goal. Uh, brilliant player. And he'll be missed for the next month in the Premier League, both from a real, from Liverpool's perspective, from a neutral fan's perspective, more importantly, from a fantasy football manager's perspective. Because now, between now and I think, well, it depends on when Egypt get knocked out. But up to about the 10th of February yeah. and potentially with some quarantine period after that, depending on what happens with this Omicron nonsense. Um, he could be, you've got five or six game weeks where you've actually got to pick a captain. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? It is. Can, can we talk about Kovacic's goal though? Beautiful. Beautiful. That was a goal again. Beautiful goal. Absolutely. It was, it was boss, wasn't it? It was like, it was, who was it? It was a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank at half time that was like, when it fell to Kovacic, I was thinking, oh God, no, not him. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely belted it top bin. Um, it was a great finish. He's a, he's a good player, isn't he, Kovacic? I think that he was out injured, yeah. wasn't he, for a while? And I think Chelsea missed him. Yeah, he does make them stick. I, I agree. I agree. Very, um, and, and one last point on this game. Does Gary Neville hit Liverpool more than we do? Yeah, of course he does. Just, just everything, every little snipe that he can have, and uh, and yeah, he, he climaxed several times when Chelsea were on the attack. I don't know. When they I don't. I don't yeah. know if you know. I don't JP, think he hides it very well, does he? Gary Neville is a red, and he hates scousers. True. This is true. But, uh, yeah, um, he doesn't hide it very well at all. No, no he doesn't at all, does he? Uh, right, but uh, both teams dropping points. Best result for City, wasn't it? Um, but a great game of football. Um, right, come on. I'm going to put my feet up and I'm just going to sit back now. Absolute bag of shite. Absolute bag of shite. Just lazy, incompetent prima donnas who are on six-figure salaries and need to grow up and realise that they're playing for... And I'm not saying the like the biggest best club in the world, but commercially speaking, the biggest club in the world. And it is pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic. I can't be arsed with them. It honestly, they do me nothing. Like when when you're sitting at the end of a game thinking, 
Do, do, do you know what I clung to, JP? Do you know, do you know what? The only thing. And, and I would I, I'd never thought things that I never thought I would say for five hundred dollars, please. Well, Phil Jones had a good game, didn't he? I was, that was just about to be my my piss take, but he did. I thought he was out all right. Yeah, like ugh, just shocking. Um, I thought so. Okay, so first of all, Wolves. Um, yes, they need to score more goals. Yes, they're not having a great season from 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 a creativity perspective, but they are so hard to break down. Like they are a very very good team, but they didn't really have to show it. I'm not saying we were beaten by you know uh, prime Barcelona. Like like they played well. And they are a good side that are difficult to break down. But come on, you're at home. Monday night football, bank holiday, you got Old Trafford. Old Trafford was quiet. They said that on the game as well. It was There wasn't a lot of sound. The Wolves fans were really noisy comparatively. But I don't know, just United were crap. They're just crap. They're just, there's just too many players that, I think apart from De Gea and the two centre-halves, I don't think anyone comes out of that game looking with the head held up, anything close to high. No, I'd agree. I'd agree. And, you know, the the big guys that you want to perform just aren't at the moment. I mean, no. you know, Fernandez, uh, Bruno should have scored. Should have scored. That when they hit the bar. I mean, just put it in the corner. Yeah. He's he's low on confidence, is Bruno. He's low on Ronaldo's stifling. Yeah. The one for me that I still can't get my head around is why Van der Beek doesn't get a game. No, I, 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 I thought... Not so much today, but when we played Hughes and Bruno yeah. was suspended, I don't know what I don't know what that kid does wrong. He looks really handy when he comes on. He's not a world beater. I'm not one of these who's like free Donny van der Beek, you know what I mean? But he should be getting some minutes, surely, given the money they paid for him and, and the reputation he came with from Ajax. Um, I just I just think it it like Greenwood being taken off. He was our best player. Like I don't get like I'm not I'm not saying oh the manager this the manager that, but we just make weird decisions like. And what bothers me, what re- and it's always bothered me with a post-Ferguson United, we go out, we buy these big-name signings, and they're untouchable. Like, Mourinho never, would never sub off Ibrahimovic. And it used to piss me off so much, because for everything good about that man, he could be useless sometimes. And he never came off. And it's the same with... The big names now with like your Ronaldo's and I know Bruno came off the bench and him benching him after the suspension probably is him trying to show that. But like, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I'd, I'd, I'd rather he just played. I, the season's a write-off. The season's a write-off. I'd rather he just played the kids for the rest of the season and blooded them in. Play, let, let, let's see what Alanga's all about. You know what I mean? Get him in the team. Let, let's let's give Greenwood a bigger part to play. Let's, let's give Van Der Beek a run of games. Let's, you know what I mean? But he's not going to be able to because Ronaldo's got to play because he's the best player in the world. Exactly. Commercially, that doesn't make any sense to have him sat on the bench, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. And that's the danger of it. Because like I said, I'd rather we finish 12th this season, but we blooded some of the kids. But it's not going to happen, is it? Because that's not the way the football club runs. I don't know. Let's let's see if we can get anywhere in the FA Cup until we get knocked out in the third round. Jesus Christ. Yeah, anyway. well, I, I'm using that as a potential kind of pick me up next week against Huddersfield. But if we get beat, then they just kind yeah. of gone back. Yeah, we'll drink, we'll drink away our sorrows if it needs to be. Uh, right, and that, my friend, although there is a little bit of the game we left, of course, for six, the game week 21 is slightly uh, extended. We still have Southampton, Brentford, Everton, Leicester tomorrow. 
and then West Ham against Norwich on on Wednesday, um, uh, and then we rock into game week twenty two uh, over the week uh, the weekend after next because FA Cup weekend FA next Cup. weekend. So there's a break a break for that, um, and that my friend is pretty much a roundup of this week. And uh, I think you want to talk to us about how VAR is shit. I reckon we do need to move over to that, don't we? Right, let's talk about VAR um, because it's reared its head again. Um, This week it was all about penalties for me. So if we go back to the Spurs game against City, was it City? Yeah, it was City. No, it wasn't. It was against Watford. What am I? I'm depressed, I know, this week. Yeah, I don't know where I am. Yeah, um, so yeah, it was a penalty all day. I, I I don't know why that's not given. Agreed. Comes back to the um, subject. It's not subjective to say about that. No, it's not even subjective. Though. It's a penalty. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know. I just I I feel, I feel like we're having the same conversation every week, aren't we? It's not giving us anything better than what the refs were giving us before VAR was here. That's my. That's that's the bottom line of it. Yes, it makes. Yeah, it, it, is, it is. But at the end of the day, is it really making the game that much better? You know, for what it takes out. And you know, you know what the thing I hate most about VAR? It's not anything specifically that happened this weekend. It's just something that's always bothered me. Have you noticed how a lot of the time players just don't celebrate as much anymore? Because there's always that fear. Yeah, it's very the same, I think. Yeah. You're waiting, aren't you? And you know what? Yeah. You know what I found as well? As a fan, when we can see the goal, I'm constantly looking for VAR. Like when Wolves scored tonight against United, there was no, like, I watched the goal go in. Like, there was no way anything was ever going to be a VAR decision. But I'm just like, oh, wait, hang on, let's check. Oh, what's this? Yeah, just, like something might have happened that I didn't see. Yeah, in the oh, there might have been an offside or an elbow. Or, it, just, it's, it was obstructed the keeper. And it's just like, do I really want to watch football like that? Like, is that fun? No, it's not. It's not. I don't know. And on, on the back of that as well, this whole new rule where the linesman puts his flag up after the phase of play has gone. Mm. I, I just don't understand. I, I, I understand why. I understand why it's doing that, because if someone scores in that phase of play, then the VAR will check it. But someone's going to get injured, ultimately, and then the whole thing will get called into question. Yep, agreed. And, agreed. Does it Did, make that much of a difference? Didn't that happen with um, the Pickford-Van Dyke instant last season? Wasn't that a, a late lino flag? It could have been. I might be making that up. Keep me honest. I'm not we'll check. Sure. We'll check. But I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm sure that's one of the things that they were they were hollering about Liverpool fans that it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have even happened. Mm. Anyway, I, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. And I also don't like the fact that what what happens is I think subconsciously the linos are giving more leniency to the attacking team because they know that VAR will catch them if, if they're wrong. So it's always, well, let the play play out. If it's blatantly offside, I'll raise my flag after the phase. But if it's a tight call, I'll just leave it, because if they score, VAR will catch it anyway. Yeah. Which, of course, and we mentioned this last week, what, it does, what, what that does, though, is that means that the attacking sides are getting more breaks, say, more corners out of it. Um, throw it, attacking position, throw-ins, um, second phases of play. Oh, that that really winds me up as well. That's another thing yeah. that really gets me. Yeah, um, and, 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 and teams, teams, teams are scoring goals from that second phase of play. Agreed. It's like, Agreed. I don't know. It's not very good, is it? 
No, well, we just you know don't have linesmen then. Have a have a robot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What they're good for? Yeah, get update. Up, no, no, you, you joke about it, but update the technology. Update the technology so that there's a camera that runs up and down the touchline vertically, so you can see who touched. So it can and it can interpret based on colour who put the ball out, <laughs> and then and then it runs up and down the touchline horizontally. Mm-hmm. And just get get the technology to go quicker, so that in real time it can figure out either on side or not, and just bing you can send over a flag. You can have a little hydraulic arm. And it goes <laughs> the it, it, in my head, uh, it looks like the robot from Short Circuit. It does. I'm thinking the same thing. Is it your? Uh, yeah, it, 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 he's going up and down. He's got a little. A little That's line version one. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There you yeah, go. The that, that's how we're gonna. Can't hurt his feelings by. Calling him a wanker outside line. Exactly. Exactly. He's a fucking robot, isn't he? So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, VAR's awful. Yeah. Well, there were two more penalties as well, though. So the the Arsenal one in the City game, I've kind of come back into reality now. That was a penalty. And Bernardo's, was it a penalty? Mm. I'm Mm. not convinced. So, sorry, Nick, but I I think we said that Arsenal were a little bit unlucky generally. um, And City kind of rode the look a little bit, but that could have quite easily gone the other way. So Arsenal given the penalty that was a penalty in my eyes, and then Silver's that... Mm, I don't know. It's not clear and obvious enough to for VAR to intervene, I guess. No, no. On, on disallowing Bernardo's, but for the Arsenal one for me, that were a penalty. Do you know what else I've just realised as well? And I know we're getting, we get into this all the time about it, but do, do you know what is pissing... I think... I've realised is pissing me off about it more is that, do you know when, before we had VAR, it was kind of like, yeah, refs made bad decisions, they missed things, whatever. But the human fallibility of it meant that we very much accepted, you, you accepted that the decision had gone. Because in the moment, in that three seconds the ref has, maybe another 10, 15 to consult the lino or the fourth official or whatever um, after an incident to see if, if they've seen something he hasn't. It's very in the moment, isn't it? And I am going yep. through this, so bear with me, but it's, it's very in the moment. So it's like it happens, you've missed it or you've got it and then we move on. So you'll have a moan down the pub with your mates about how the, how, how the ref missed that blatant pen or that, that goal was defo offside, why didn't the robot linesman flag? But it was done and in the minute, right? It, it was done and, and it's gone and there's nothing you can do about it. Whereas now, even though that is still the case with VAR, do you not feel like because the technology's there, people's like moaning is a lot more like, well, they should go back and change it. Like it's a different kind. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I, I know it's a, I'm do. going around I the do. houses, but it's like a di- there's like a different tone to it. It's like there's a real sense of injustice that the technology's got it wrong. Like rather yeah. than it just being like, oh, bloody hell, Mike Dean needs his glasses, doesn't he? You know what I mean? It's I think like, I said this the other week. People are mourning about a man not making a decision after looking at a TV monitor rather than yeah. it happening in the moment and then the sense of injustice from the actual moment. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. It does feel like, though, that as far as VAR being shit, we, we know where we stand on it. It does feel like we maybe need to take a little break from this. Um, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, we're just mourning about the same shit every week now. Yeah, VAR um, is shit. Close chapter. Oh, it is terrible. But I, I do I do think there maybe is a new strand. Um, again, a bit of on-air production. But um, how can JP and Rob make football better generally? And Johnny Five Robots doing the line. <laughs> Johnny Five Robot is the first way to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Uh, right then, have you got an away day story for me, JP? Yeah, let's get over to that. I'm going to have to rack my brains a little bit this week, I think. Hmm. So go on. Which beautiful part of the world were you at this week? I'm going to stay in the northwest. Um, I think uh, I think second division games are, are always good fun, and uh, I spent quite a lot of time at Deepdale over the years uh, watching Burnley mm-hmm. play Preston, and there were some real ding dong games going on. And um, historically, Burnley and Blackburn are, are the big rivals, but then over the and, and Preston and uh, Blackpool um, are, are big rivals as well. But with us playing against each other so much um we were always in the same part of the league so um you know if we were chasing playoffs Preston were invariably there or thereabouts so the rivalry got quite bitter uh at points and I I always remember uh one game ah, it must have been late 90s um we needed to win to kind of get into the playoffs and and if they'd have won I think they would have secured their playoff place it felt memory says that it was late on in the season and uh and we were in the away end, and they went 2-0 up. And just behind us, just out of kind of reach for fans to, like, jump up and punch the glass or anything, the um, they had, like, their director boxes. So all the guys sat there in the ties, drinking the beers, yeah. watching the game from there. And um, and they were dead smug and, you know, giving it Vs and winding up Burnley fans up. And some of them, they just couldn't help themselves. So with it being sort of uh, mid-90s sort of time, I, I must have been about 12. So... I, I went with my dad um, as, as per, and I wasn't really allowed to swear or anything like that. You know, it was, it was kind of brought up with a, if you said anything out of turn, you got to clip around here sort of thing. Mm, yes, bar, and, uh, bar, bar of soap in your mouth was mine. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And um, and I remember second half, like two 0 down, you know, half time, going down and getting your pie, like a bit in the doldrums. But Burnley came out in the second half, and they absolutely battered Preston from start to finish, and they got it back to two two. We literally seconds on the clock and then it were a corner and it were a guy called Neil Moore who scored this header it was a really good header uh, and you know won the game for us 3-2 so obviously then the Burnley fans like turned their attention to the guys in the executive box who yep. were looking a little bit more dejected at that point and I just remember I mean this obviously didn't happen to this extent but uh, I just remember everything going silent and me just turning around going yeah you can fuck off as well and then all <laughs> Burnley fans like laughing at me and then my dad going yeah all right I'll let you off with that one <laughs> and then I think that year we actually got into the playoffs and uh yeah it might have been the season where we went up actually and then the playoffs but uh but yeah it was a good memories um that's done. That's done. Still there, actually. I think. So. There you go. Take take that. You didn't get yeah, Preston. I've got I've I've got a good story from Preston about a woman headbutting uh, a refl- her own reflection often on a night out in a charity <laughs> store window, which, <laughs> which I've told you story. in the past. And it's, 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 it's not not one for this podcast, but if uh, <laughs> no, if, if you are listening, you would like to hear about Diane from Preston, um, then please do uh, please do pull me aside, and I will <laughs> gladly share it. Um, I'm going to go a little bit further afield. Have I ever told you about my trip to uh, the new camp? You, you teased it last week, so I'm uh, I'm quite intrigued. So is 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 a story for you. Uh, have you ever been to the new camp? I have. I've, I've done the tour. Yeah. Mm, so I, yeah. I've uh, I've been all around so, the ground. So you'll notice. So you'll know that when you're when you're in the stadium, when you're looking out onto the pitch, it's one of the most mesmerising sights in football. That coliseum effect, oh, yeah. pitch just being mown, all the colours. It looks incredible. Yeah, massive, massive stadium. Absolute yeah. image of world football. What they don't show you when you see it on telly is how decrepit 
falling down and awful it is when you walk down the steps into the the sort of the gantry ways outside of the seating area yep. um so we went to we went on a stag do to barcelona and i was the best man and i and you know me i plan everything anally and meticulously and uh, uh so we i'd planned and everyone was like oh we'll go on a stadium tour to the new camp and i was like nah we're gonna go and watch barcelona so i managed to get some tickets uh we went to watch barcelona villarreal and um I planned it down to absolutely the minute detail. The only things that I hadn't accounted for was one, that it was January and it gets very, very cold <laughs> in Barcelona in January. Cause it's right on the seafront, isn't it? Yep. And secondly, uh, that uh, the timings that had been sent to me were um, UK time, not Spanish time. So we showed up not dressed for the weather um i was in a t-shirt and uh, and a scarf that i'd bought because i would froze death otherwise uh, and a pair of shorts and um uh two hours early for kickoff <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't let us in um we were getting our pictures taken um when we finally got inside we were getting our pictures taken uh in front of the uh in, on the pitch we were up on like the top tier my scarf blew away <laughs> So my scarf <laughs> blew off my neck and blew off onto the pitch. So that was gone. Um, and yeah, and I remember we were down waiting for the um, the game to start. And we just saw groups of Spanish people. Because what, what you've got to realise, sorry, for it, it's, it's all concrete, the stadium built. And there's no, like, there's no shielding from the elements. It's just like, it's like oh, a car park. It's like a yeah. car park. It's like just big, open um uh sort of spaces where the wind just whips through and you just stood there like looking out into the abyss and we kept looking around and there were just all these little groups of Barcelona fans in about huddles of six or seven jumping up and down on the spot. In the courts while you're still there in a in the coats, yeah, because I'm there in shorts and a t-shirt and no bloody scarf <laughs> was blown off. Um and we went, there was a guy walked past and I think one of my mates who was had a few to drink who was a bit bold. He was like, just speak English. And the guy was like, yeah. And he's like, what are they doing? And they're like, oh, penguins, penguins. We're like, what? He was like, it's what penguins do. And it is, it's what penguins do to keep warm is they huddle around <laughs> in a circle and they jump up and down. <laughs> so, All right, what's good? Share the body heat. Yeah, they share the body heat. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's my new camp story. There you go. Messi, Messi scored the winner with a curling free kick. 3-2. Brilliant. Nice. Nice. Right, should we get on to this, this, this? That went on for a little while, sorry. Should we get on this uh, this Premier League 11? Yeah, let's do it. Right then, JP, I've got a thinker for you. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about this one, to be fair. You should you should be worried. So, I will, I will just set this one up, mate, by saying... Um, you don't need if you get an 11 that has some semblance of a formation then that is amazing effort all right okay i'm i'm not i'm not expecting you because i've i've wait when you hear my 11 i've had to make a few sacrifices in terms of well make a few compromises and i did have to do a little bit of a google search um to get a couple of positions in all right so um, I just if you can get an eleven out that's got some defenders, some attackers, and some midfielders and a keeper, then I'll be impressed. All right. So, and the reason it's a little bit more complicated 
is that my original plan and one I'd wanted to do from the start because I'd done it myself pretty early on was that I wanted to do a 90 second Premier League 11 of the best African players to play in the Premier League. Okay. Okay. However, given that you gave me parameters last week and given that we're trying to make these incrementally more difficult, I thought that might be a little bit easy. So, okay, I'm struggling already to be fair. So, think about Africa players. So, to mix it, well, it's going to get even worse for you now, mate. To make it even harder for you, only one player can be represented per African nation. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, okay. All right. No, not really. <laughs> Ready when you are. And I've got the Google machine on if you're not sure of nationality, if you want me to check for you. Okay, that that would that would really help. Um, right. Well, I'm gonna start with uh, with that, the Avery Coast. I'm gonna put Maxwell Corner um, either up front or in midfield. <laughs> of course, I am. All right. Um, that's about you, all I've got so far. You, 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 you do, do realise who you're foregoing by picking Maxwell Corner, but continue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I'm not really that worried about that. To be fair, okay. thinking about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna be naming most of mostly this season's players. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fresh in my yeah, mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we've got Cornet. Um, well, Salah's got to be in there. Yeah. So we've got Salah. So um, are these going to be your wingers? Egypt. Do you reckon? So Egypt, um, and Ivory Coast, yeah, Salah. Potentially, and potentially. Yeah. All right. Let's see how it goes. Oh, Jesus Christ! Right. Um. Uh, Mendy, he's African, isn't he? Chelsea goalkeeper. He's, there you he go. Please with myself for that. He is. He's from Senegal. Senegal, right? Okay. That, that was good because, um, yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to say no, Avery Coast. Um, <laughs> he's Ivorian. No, he's Senegalese. Yeah. Um, Mares, Algeria. Yep, Algeria. Yep. So he's going in your midfield as well. Yep. Yeah. Good one. Yep. Four down. Is Mane from Senegal? Uh, yes, he is, mate. Oh, right, okay. Um, partner in Maxwell Corne up front. Yeah. Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang. Yep. Now, did we not he... talk about him last week? Was he Gabon, is it? He's from Gabon, yeah. Oh, look at that. Right. I'm struggling now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good front four, though. Yeah, not bad, not bad. I need some defenders, don't I? Yep. Yep. And that's the really hard bit. Yeah. Um, Wolves. Wolves have got Willie yep. Bolly, haven't they? But is he, is he uh, Nigeria? Bolly. I thought he was Ivorian. Hang on. I'll check it for you. He might be Ivorian. I'll check it for you. Willy Bolly is he's Ivorian, yeah. Uh, what about they Saïs? Got, they have got some, I was going to say Saïs is Moroccan. So okay, you can have well, Saïs. Yeah. Where am I up to? Because I've got a goalkeeper. I've got. You got a goalkeeper. Defense. You've got you've got four incredible strikers, and you've got Roman Saïs at the back. That, that that sums it up for me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to name you some African countries that you've not done yet that might. Spark that, that, that would be quite useful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, so your big, your big three, your big three footballing nations that I you've got, not got, got a Nigeria player yet. from you. 
You've got no Nigeria, no Ghana, and Cameroon. Cameroon. Oh, Nigeria, I want to put Kanu in there. Let's put Kanu. We're, we're having Kanu at the front of a three with Aubameyang and Kone, yeah? Yeah, hell yeah. So that's Nigeria. Cameroon. I need some defenders, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> you really uh, do. Um, um, Jimmy Traore from Cameroon. Oh, where was Jimmy Traore from? If Jimmy Traore is getting in this team, if he's uh, from Cameroon, he's going in. But I don't think he is. No, he was. He was. He, he was. No, he's Malian. He's from Mal. Well, he's French originally. He's French by birth, but he played international football for Mali. So you can have Jimmy Traore if you would like. No, thank you. No. Mate, beggars can't be choosers. I'm putting Jimmy Traore in for you. Hang on, hang on. Let me, let me think about it. Let me think about okay, it. Okay, 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 okay. Cameroon, Lauren, Arsenal. Yeah, very, yes. very good shout. I'm struggling again. Right, how many have I got then? So I've got, I've got my goalkeeper. Yep, you've got Lauren and Saïs at the back, and then you've got five strikers. Well, midfield well, we strikers. Yeah, well, the Salah's in there, isn't it? Yes. Right, so Salah on one side. Salah on one side, maybe Mares on the other. Mares with, on the other uh, side. With, with Corne and uh, Aubameyang playing off Carnu through the middle. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's go. What a team. It's not too bad. I need another defender, though, don't I? You do. You do. I reckon at least one, one. defender, and then you, and you can pretty much load up yeah. on attackers from there. Give us, give us another, give us some more African nations. African nations. So, so we've got, uh, we've, we've. So you've still not got me anyone from Ghana. Uh, so, so we've still got a Ghanaian to go in there. Uh, Congo and the Democratic Republic of Congo have both had quite a few Premier League players. No South Africans in there yet. Ah, oh, South Africans. No, I can't think of any. Um, Ghanaian, Ghanaian. I can only think of strikers again though. Mm. That's the thing. So, what was that guy from Sunderland? He was gone in, weren't he? Uh, Asamo Jian. Yeah, he was the number three shirt, if that, if that helps, but he was a striker, yeah. Uh, um, and where else? Congo. Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo. There's two, they're two different countries. Um, You've also got Togo, had some Premier League footballers. Uh, although the most famous one is a striker as well. Um, I'm just thinking about my um, mine. Oh, he's Arsenal again. What's he called? Is he a defender? Party? Is he uh, Thomas? Him? Thomas Party, Senegalese, I think. Is he? Um, where's JJ Akotcha from? He was Nigerian, weren't he? He was Nigerian, yeah. Oh, no, he's Ghanaian. Partey's Ghanaian. Sorry, mate. Absolutely. Is it? Can, can he play at centre-half, then? Uh, you can play as you hold in mid in front of that, in front of that back two. In front of that back two. Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna, we're going to go for Thomas Partey? Yeah, because this is becoming painful. <laughs> All right, OK, yep. So we're going to go Partey playing kind of in defence. Yeah. OK. So we have got... Pop him in there for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You've got nine out of eleven already there, mate. With a back three. I mean, I reckon you can load up that midfield or, or attack. 
Uh, I don't think I can. Are we are we calling it? Are you saying are you done it? No, now? no, 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 I'm not. No, no. I'm not. Um, South African. There's been a few, aren't there? Actually. Yep. Yep. And they're all like early though. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's a good point, actually. They're I can't, quite I can't a lot. Really think of strikers. Benny McCarthy used to play for Blackburn. Benny McCarthy was South African. <gasps> I've yeah. got one. I've got one. Go on. in the back. Quinton Fortune from Man United. <laughs> that is a shout. He very nearly made my team as well. Yep, he did fill in at left back. Yep, a lot for United. Yeah, he's playing at left back. Yep, uh, there you go. So you've got a left back, a right back. In fact, and then you've got Saïs and a makeshift Thomas Partey. You've just got yourself a makeshift back for them, mate. That is very impressive. Well, to be fair, that's that's a, as good as I'm ever going to get for that. Very, very impressive. Um, I thought another one. Go on. A link to Benny McCarthy. Uh, what were he called? Uh, Samba, Christopher Samba Blackburn. He's got to okay. be from Togo or Congo uh, or something like he that. He is the Democrat. No, he's Congo. He is Congo, yeah. Yeah, he's Congo. You don't want but, to put him in. No, I don't want to, but I'm going to have to. You're going to. Well, that, that's your team, mate. So if, if, I put <laughs> Sam, if I put Samba in your back four... And, and then, then put Partey into midfield. And then move Partey into midfield. <laughs> Bless him <laughs> as the only holding midfield. <laughs> to be fair, with that, with that front six, <laughs> that's all you need. Mate, that is that is a pretty... Right, big round of applause. Let, let's pump in a round of applause for that, because that was very, very good. So you've got that's Edward Mendy from Senegal in net. You've got a back four of Quentin Fortune from South Africa <laughs> at left back. You've got Lauren from Cameroon at right back. And then you've got the back, the central pair of Roman Saiz and Christopher Samba from Morocco and Congo, respectively. This is really good. And then you've got your holding midfielder is Thomas Partey from Ghana. Uh, probably sitting in front of him, I'd, I'd say, is going to be probably Mares and Cornet. Uh, no, probably Mares and Salah. And then in front of them, Obama Yang. And, uh, and and Corne, and then you've got Carnu through the middle, you big target man. Oh, how good of a Carnu! <laughs> he, was, he was so good, so good, yeah. Uh, absolutely. You know what? I'm actually him. pretty pleased with that. I think that is a really, really good effort. Like when you hear my team, there's 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 a, you've picked a few that I've picked, um, and uh, and uh, my teams, yeah. There's there's a couple that you go, oh yeah, he was really good. But there's not. What it does for you, though, Rob, is it shows how shit I am at geography. Because yes. there's probably another five or six African nations there that I've not even touched. No, um, to be fair, the, the, the ones that have the big football presence, particularly that made it into the Premier League, you've hit most of the big ones. Quintana you've hit most of the big ones. Jesus Christ. Okay, so just yeah. like you, I plumped for uh, the Senegalese goalkeeper, Edouard Mendy. Frankly, head and shoulders above anyone else. Uh, I had a little look, and I think there were a couple of other keepers who played. Um, uh, Carla Kami played for Wolves, didn't he, for a year? Yeah, he would do. Uh, he was not, he, I think he played international football for Nigeria. But anyway, Mendy's head and shoulders above them. So my back four, uh, to be honest, mate, at left back, I think you've actually got a better shout. I couldn't get Fortune in. The best two were Fortune and Ibue. But I'm not being funny. I'm not putting, I'm not oh, using. I'm not using my my Ivory Coast option on a bloody Abue. So, um, so I, I, did, I did very similar to you, and I went for West Ham left back at the moment, uh, Arthur Masuaku. Um, he's from the Democratic okay. Republic of Congo. Uh, he looks a handy little player, um, but and he just went in because I, I was, it, it's not a very popular footballing nation. So, so he, 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 he was a good one to put in. My centre half pairing, just like you, I went for Christopher Samba, who was an 
absolutely quality player for a couple of seasons. Uh, did ruin his career, I think, a bit by going out to uh, Russia. Um, but he was great at Blackburn. Yeah, um, and then, Q- oh no, he went to QPR first, didn't he, when they got a bit of money and yeah, it all went a bit downhill. But at Blackburn, he was quality. And I've, yeah, par- kind of I've partnered him with, this, with a South African, um, Lucas Radaby. That's a real shout. How good was Lucas Radaby? How good so, Lucas Radaby? Yeah. So Lucas Radaby, and my right back is Lauren from the Cameroon, just like you. Uh, my midfield four. Oh, Radaby's a good shout, to be fair. Um, I'm very, very pleased with my midfield four. So on the left side, you mentioned him, but you didn't put him in. From Nigeria, it's the one, the only JJ Akocha. What a player. What a player he was. Um, on the right, of course, Mo Salah, King Mo. Uh, you can't not put him in the team and uh, from Egypt and then my centre mid pairing um, I'm very very pleased with so Michael Essien uh, representing oh, Ghana oh what a player uh, he was I absolutely miss yeah he was good wasn't he who did you go for from Ghana you went for Partey so he plays the same bloody position uh, <laughs> no because I wanted Partey to play centre half didn't I that's yeah, why that's, that's what three uh, the, he, he's the one and he's, he's the one that I'm missing so far yeah SCN's the big one he's probably if you do a top five of African players that's that's the one that's in there and then the and then the pairing with him is a little bit of an older one he's Moroccan and that is Mustafa Hadji but not Yusuf Chippo. Not Yusuf Chippo, no. No, Haji was quality, <laughs> mate. Haji he was. was, he was. Like. Uh, so, yeah, so Haji uh, with partner with the SAN. And then my front two, I would put up against any striker partnership in the world. It is, of course, uh, probably in my, as I've said before, the most underrated striker in Premier League history, and that is Didier Drogba from the Ivory Coast. And he is partnered by the one, the only, Liberia's finest export, Mr. George Weyer. Of course, yeah, yeah, he played for Chelsea, didn't he? Uh, in City for a little bit as well, yeah. 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 Did he play for Chelsea? Or was it just City? No, I think he, I think he played a bit for Chelsea and a bit for City. He definitely played for City. No, it was. He played for both. Played for both. There you go. Anyway, oh, there George Weah. Yeah, we, we all shout. That's my and that's that's my eleven. So, but that I'm is a bit weird. Gutted you went for Drogba over corner, but um. <laughs> But honestly, I love mate, the fact that that was my first name on the team as well. Yeah, Maxwell Corney. Like, I hadn't even got the question out. You don't even know what the parameters are yet. Maxwell Corney. Uh, yeah, J- JP loves Maxwell Corney. Um, but I'll be honest, mate. I think that is the best attempt from a difficulty versus output perspective uh, for a 90 second attempt that we've done this series. So big well done to you. Because I will say that whilst my team absolutely has the, uh, the the consistency, the structure and all that kind of thing. I not only uh, had more time than you, but I'll be dead honest, I had Wikipedia up with a list of every player, African player by nation who's played in the Premier League. So I pretty much just picked is <laughs> the difference. So I think it was an absolutely sterling effort from yourself, sir. A tip of my hat to you. Yeah, let's make it a bit easier next time, man. Yeah, all right. Yeah. We've reached the pinnacle of difficulty. We'll we'll let we'll start going back, like best best what is it gonna be next? Best English eleven. <laughs> there you go. To be fair, that is quite difficult actually. Yeah, it would be. It will be, especially with a couple of parameters. We'll figure some it's, well it's your yeah. turn anyway for next week, so My we'll turn. figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it but out. But I also have to pay you back for that one, so you do. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you don't want to just let it go, do you? <laughs> um, just before we finish, a few notable mentions of people that we haven't mentioned from an African 11 perspective that definitely deserve to mention. Samuel Leto played his season for Chelsea. 
uh, from the Cameroon. Yeah. Uh, Tony Yeboah oh, yeah. of Leeds uh, was yeah, absolutely yeah. quality in his day. Uh, Yaya Torre didn't make it into my side because of Didier Drogba, but he turned City around. Um, Emmanuel Adebayor um, did a lot for Togo as well as yeah. uh, when he was in the Premier League. And of course, the Yak. Uh, Yakubu, who has scored an absolutely unbelievable number of goals in the Premier League when you actually look at it. Um, one thing that I would say is just be happy because up until about three o'clock this afternoon, your the the, the eleven was going to be um, uh, eleven players uh, managed by Sam Allardyce. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to, I couldn't figure out how to get the parameters to make sense, so it changed to this. So just be grateful. Well, you know what you're getting next week. <laughs> I'll start swatting up on Bolton players from 2008 or whatever. Yeah, Kevin Nolan. JJ Kotcha. JJ Kotcha. Right then, should we uh, finish off by just having a little look at our Fantasy Football League? Yeah, let's go. Right then, JP, why don't you tell us what's going on in the What the Fantasy Fart Like League? Let's start at the top of the league then. Um, there's no change at top spot, so Lewis carries on. Um, yeah. 1,316, no, 1,316, uh, 1,316 points, absolutely yep. smashing it. Um, Andrew O'Gorman's jumped back into second place, actually. Yeah, and, and um, then there it is. It's quite congested in it around there. It is. Well, the game week isn't finished yet, and it's quite interesting between those two, because at the minute, um, Lewis uh, has lost some points on on, on second place and uh, and he's closed the gap a little bit now Lewis because he is an actually quite a good fantasy football manager has obviously captained a West Ham player because he's not an idiot um, but so is Andrew but so is Andrew yeah so basically a lot of this rides on who does more against Norwich Antonio or Bowen because uh, that could cause a point swing at the top of the league but uh, yeah exciting stuff up there and, uh, and Marco Del Lazio falling away again bless him uh, down to four. He's got, he's got Bowen. He's got Bowen to come. Um, Bowen, Bowen to so, come. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. there could be some points there. Off his bench. So, well, that's yeah, he's still going to stay in fourth though. We've probably got six or seven, eight, top eight probably. Top eight are all within a hundred points of each other, aren't they? And then it gets a bit silly um, underneath. So uh, the, I think oh, the winner's yeah. going to come from those. The winner's probably going to come from those top five, if we're honest. Maybe with AD yeah. Shaw in sixth. Uh, making a little bit of a break towards it as well. Um, how about the bottom of the league? What's happening in Ginger Flyer Watch? It's same old, same old. Um, there's a hell of a lot. I, I, it would be quite interesting to see if you can get a full squad of either Red. Amber or Reds. Yeah. Well, it's, well, 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 Martial's about to be sold to Sevilla, so that's another one. That's another one. Um, so, yeah, uh, Zinchenko, Gresswell, James, Chilwell, none have played. Bernardo got, um, did he get an assist? He did, didn't he? So he got five points. Cavani got two. He's got Cancelo to come off his bench, so he's just about going to get to double figures. He's on so, for ten. Um, he, he might hit the bottom of the league. We just need Paul Griffiths. He's going to hit the bottom of the league. So Paul if, Griffiths is... If he's actually, it could actually playing... Happen. Like, it could happen. Come on, Paul. You need to get... get. I mean, he's 38 points, Paul, so he's obviously... Is he trying? Has he changed his team? Oh, he is. He is. He's, he, he could oh, he go is, to the yeah. bottom of the league, depending yeah, on uh, yeah. on Nor- the Norwich game. So, it says Ben Rama. He says international duty, but will he play the Norwich game before he goes? Don't know. We don't know, do we? Because Sal- Cause I was Sal- surprised Sal- 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 Salah got a red it. flag in the Chelsea game, which I think caused some people to yeah, panic and take him out. Yeah, they had a week before, didn't they? Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, he might still play. Um, so, yeah, he, he, could, he could relegate the flyer to the bottom of the league. Well, let's see what happens there. 
It would be. It would be. He's been so a good source. Someone's going to tell him that he needs to, needs to change his team. No, it's funnier this way. <laughs> it, would, it would be quite funny just to see, give him some proper inside tips. Like, put him in touch with Lewis and see how high he <laughs> Yeah, just completely turn it around. Be like some kind of reality TV, TV show, like Undercover Boss. Um, yeah, 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 we could film uh, it. I'll be d- destitute when he goes past me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, cl- I'm climbing. Well, I'm not. I'm still in 26, but in the mid table battle for superiority. As things stands, I'm making up some points on you, but you do have Maxwell Cornet to come off the bench. So I think that will will pull us either even or, or you just out a little bit ahead. But I am getting closer to my burner account, uh, which is only two points ahead of me, uh, a.k.a. my wife. Uh, still not breaking the top 20, though, are we, mate? No, but we teased it, didn't we? And then Andy Carroll had a decent week, so he's gone gone into that little position now but uh yeah i don't know I, I, it's like swings and roundabouts one week i do all right and then the next three weeks i do really shit and then it's just <laughs> yeah we're just we're just not very good at it and need to accept it and from a top point scorer perspective uh andrew gorman uh 55 game week's not finished there could be some more swings but as things stand he is our top point scorer for the week which is uh seeing him uh close the gap on mr lawson at the top of the league good work sir uh that's about it is it I think so, yeah. Um, just another call out to uh, to anyone who's listening about the away day stories. Uh, I'm going to put a bit of pressure on Nick Finney. He did say that he had one, so mm. get it sent over Nick, and we'll uh, we'll either send it as a voice note and we'll play it out, or um, send it through, and one of us will put our dulcet tones behind it. Yep, absolutely. And that goes to anybody else who wants to do it as well. Uh, equally, if you've got anything else you want to talk about, if you want to if you want to have a go at uh, a Premier League eleven, if you've got one for us to do, that could be good. Why don't you? What we could do is you could even do a voice note, send it to us, what the Premier League 11 is, then me and JP will try and beat each other to doing it. And if Ooh, one of I us like gets that. a play, if one of us, if one of us claims a player, the other one can't have him, so it's whoever shouts it out first. We can do something like that. Maxwell so, Cornet! Maxwell Cornet! I will not be... Yeah, you're, you're, you shout Maxwell Cornet, <laughs> I shout Thierry Henry. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, any, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And that's a good idea if anyone wants to have a go at that. Or if you do want to have a go at your Premier League 11 yourself, we will print them, we'll pop them on the... Uh, we'll do the little board for them, we'll stick it on the social medias for you. Where can people find us on social media, JP? Uh, it's Football Impostor... Uh, oh, Jesus. It's been a bad week, hasn't it? I'll try football. that again. It's Football Pundit Impostors there on you the go. old Instagram. Find us, give us a follow, come and have a chat with us. Uh, we're very... Football Pundit Impostors. In case you didn't hear it the first time. Um, Where are you, Rob? Uh, If you want to give me a follow, I'm at Little Runner Boy Rob. I'll try and get my own Instagram handle right. Uh, I'm at JP Rumford. (laughs) Yes, you are. And equally, if you've not had enough of listening to me and JP waffle for an hour and 20 minutes, uh, check out the What the Fartlet podcast on on Thursday when somebody's going to be a guest, aren't they, John? It'd be quite nice, that, wouldn't it? Hmm. Just like stuck a chocolate in me gob then before we finished recording. That was a silly idea. That was a really silly idea. <laughs> kind of pieces out. Well, I, I'm hamstring it at the minute, but it's probably for the best. Yeah, go on. You, 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 you see us out today, sir. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye. <laughs>